the Sudoku Book Club, where we finally get to the books that have been sitting on our shelves for about three months since we moved here. I'm Leif Nelson. And I'm Emily Miner. And that was Sky. The foster cat. <laughs> uh, it's been a little while. Uh, for us, a bit longer. For you, hopefully two weeks, as we're now hopefully getting the episodes back out on schedule. Um, and I don't really see anything reason to wait i don't have anything to say our new book yeah that i just read yeah uh is called eats shoots and leaves uh a book about punctuation i just set it down where did it go oh it's underneath <laughs> eats shoots and leaves the zero tolerance approach to punctuation uh by lynn truss and this is a book about punctuation, which is, of course, very interesting to you and me because we're English majors, and as you know, you spend one, two years all only focusing on punctuation and how to correct people on right. their punctuation. Right, just like every other English major, mm -hmm. um, this is actually the most important thing. We had to take a final test to mm -hmm. graduate just with the English degrees. Right. Yeah. So thankfully, I have had this book since middle school, I believe. It's either middle school or high You've school. You've had the book since middle school. Yes. So um, it is a pretty small book. It's like 200 pages, I believe. And it was a gift from my mom because... I, from a very early age, said that I wanted to be a writer. I was part of, like, writing clubs and did, like, special projects on writing. It was what my, like, senior project was. Um, at my high school, you did a senior project to graduate, and that was mine. Like, I had to research how much writers make and all these other sorts of things. And so my mom, like, and dad have been very supportive of that. And so they gave me this. Again, I don't remember. Probably late middle school early high school, um, and I do remember reading it very briefly um, on the bus on the way to school one time, got somewhere into the first chapter. I didn't really remember any of it as I was reading it this time around. I felt like, okay, I remember bits and pieces of this, but I don't really remember it as a whole, and I didn't remember my opinion on it. So figured this was a good one to read. I also picked this one because I figured it would be a nice short one after us moving uh, to get caught up on, and whew, it still took a while <laughs> to get through it. It's been a rough few months, so yeah, it's been, <laughs> I think you're going to pass. It's been a few. So, um, I do want to read some things from it, because uh, it is a very funny-looking book. Um, it has each shoots and leaves, which comes from a joke about uh, a panda walking into a bar, uh, where it orders some food. Um, some bamboo, I believe. Probably. And then uh, pulls out a gun, shoots it into the air, and then exits. And when uh, the bartender is confused, either the panda or someone else shows him a poorly punctuated uh, taxonomy journal. And it explains that pandas, they eat, shoots, and leaves. But it's punctuated, so it says, eats, comma, shoots, and leaves. Uh, no Oxford comma. Yeah. So, I know you're already busting a gut at the title. <laughs> <laughs> but wait till you see the back. Um, <laughs> Boy, howdy, am I. Right. Um, for one thing, 
The foreword is written by Frank McCourt, the author of Angela's Ashes, which is really? wild on its own. Another book that was given to me that I've never read, and uh, I gave it away when we um, were downsizing, so it's never going to happen. That's because we both had a copy, and <laughs> I kept mine. <laughs> so I forgot that. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Oh, I could have just read the back of the book. There's, there's the joke. I didn't have to do it in my own words. What do you know? <laughs> we remember how to do this. This is the American version. It's a British author. It was originally published in, I believe, only in Britain or the UK. And then it became a bestseller. And so they reprinted it. And this is the American version with the foreword kind of like stating, hey, these rules are specifically British rules. American rules sometimes change when it comes to punctuation. Um, the subtitle for this one, as I said before, is A Zero Tolerance Approach to Punctuation. The original uh, subtitle was Sticklers Unite, um, because Lynn Truss, as you find out as you begin reading, is a stickler for punctuation. And that makes her as much as a, of a delight as you might expect <laughs> when reading. <laughs> Just a real stick in the mud. <laughs> Backtrack. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'd like to read um, one of the the back uh, of the book quotes. And it's by James Lipton, uh, the Ooh. host of Inside the Actor Studio. <laughs> so many name drops. Yeah. Um... And that is, at long last, a worthy tribute to punctuation's stepchildren, the, the neglected semicolon, the enigmatic ellipsis, and the mad dash. Punk rock on. And punk is written with a C, as in punctuation. That sounds like something James Lipton would say. Yeah. Um, so, it's about punctuation. And based on it, zero tolerance approach to punctuation, sicklers unite gives you an idea of what the book is about and what the book um is kind of like treating itself as as you start reading it is how far are we fallen as a society when it comes to punctuation this book came out in early 2000s i want to say 2003 yep 2003 um and it is the advent of the internet and chat rooms and texting it has a section about like substituting uh, numbers for letters, and all those sorts of things. But that's not really what she's focusing on. The, very, the chapters are split up. Um, like, it starts with commas, and then goes into... Um, oh, sorry, it starts with apostrophes, and then goes to commas. Punctuation marks, like, or... Is that what they're called at the very end of a sentence? Oh, like, a like and I don't know what they're called. Ending marks, whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Because you believe it or not, we were joking at the beginning, <laughs> and no, I don't actually really care about grammar. Uh, I know how to make an M dash. I don't always know how to use one <laughs> on a computer. Um, dashes, uh, and then just a, a final chapter on just like seldom used punctuation, mm -hmm. and. The first two chapters are like a quarter of the book, and they are a slog, because it is essentially Lynn introducing herself as the stickler, complaining about society and people who don't know how to use apostrophes to denote uh, uh, 
ownership or using it on accident to show like um, multiples of something, plurals, uh, and then when it comes to commas and other things in a similar manner, just complaining. And it makes it for a really boring and at the same time infuriating book because it feels like she's always punching down, like didn't you learn in school? Like, look at the state of education these days. And it really just comes off as, you didn't go to a good school, kind of thing. Like, it's... Yeah, it just feels really I mean, it's, bad. It's super classist, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. And especially, the, the other thing that I, I need to stress, like, she does this throughout the book, the whole way, but the beginning chapters are, like, the worst in that regard. It is the most biting, and it's the most, quote-unquote, funny. She tells a lot of jokes. Um, I obviously don't think they're very funny. <laughs> like, there are a few times where, like, yeah, I chuckled or thought something was funny. Usually when she was referencing, like, an old poet or someone and their use of punctuation, and like, is good-naturedly complaining about it because they're a poet. And, of course, they're doing, like, interesting things. And then she'll, like harp on some, like, random, like, internet user on their use of, like, I don't know what, how they spell things. And it's just very annoying and doesn't seem to matter much in any way. Um, but also, her examples I found were often, if they weren't just mean, they were also wrong. Um, I don't, like... I don't really want to go too deep into, like, what I found was wrong. But, like, every once in a while she'd give an answer, like, an example, and I'd be like, but wait, that can work another way. Or she'd say what was wrong with it, and what she had said was wrong was correct, but another part of the sentence was incorrect and wouldn't address that. And I couldn't tell if that was a joke or what. But the one that frustrated me the most was um, apostrophes and the word its. So there's two words for its, one with an apostrophe, one without, and... It's with an apostrophe is it is or it has. A contraction. Yes. And it's without an apostrophe is possessive. And this is confusing to lots of people, myself included, because most of the time when you have a noun with a apostrophe S, that's, that's possessive. Leafs would have an apostrophe S. It would not be leafs without because that would mean multiple mm. leafs and that doesn't make any sense right because we know that there are very few leafs in the world <laughs> it's true i've only met one <laughs> um uh and but but i'm gonna read how she said it and i'm not gonna use the accent yet <laughs> okay um to those who care about punctuation a sentence such as thank god it's friday without the apostrophe rouses feelings not only of despair but of violence. The confusion of the possessive its, no apostrophe, with the contractive its, with apostrophe, is an unequivocal sign, signal, of illiteracy, and sets off a simple Pavlovian kill response in the average stickler. The rule is, the word its, with apostrophe, stands for it is or it has. If the word does not stand for it is or it has, then it's you require is its, without apostrophe. This is extremely easy to grasp all italicized and it's like why is it real like she doesn't give a reason for it she just says that's the rule follow it you dumbass and yeah that's the book or at least that's what it seems like the book is because once you get past those first two chapters it turns into actually the first chapter even the common one is 
uh, even kind of turns the corner. Once you get past that first chapter, it stops being about pissing on people for their punctuation and turns into a history of punctuation. And it becomes kind of interesting. Like, the comma section, like, starts out with an example of a writer and an editor of The New Yorker who completely disagreed on how, like, when a comma was necessary. The writer felt like you really didn't need it if you were listing things off and they were clearly, like, separated. And every time the editor would get it, he'd just, like, throw a comma in between, like, every word, essentially. And it was very funny reading about, like, their correspondence complaining to each other about <laughs> their use or unuse of commas. And I learned a little bit about, like, Gertrude Stein and how she just was, like, had some wild ideas about, like, what was and wasn't necessary when it came to punctuation. And that was all really interesting. But I just had this... Like, I, from reading the first 30 to 40 pages, I just had my hackles up waiting, waiting for her to, like, start shitting on people again. And it still happened from time to time, and it was still frustrating when it happened. But she had turned a corner, and it became a history, and talking about why we do things differently, or this is when it changed, and all these things. And that's interesting to me. So, it's no longer about being a stickler, it's suddenly about hey, here's punctuation, and it changes sometimes, and that's just how it is. But then, and then right after saying that, she turn around and complain again. Um, let me find it. In Okay, so yeah, in an example, she's complaining about, um, she's complaining about the double possessive. So like, um, a friend of the Joneses, or like, a toy of the cats. Mm -hmm. Like, really, you can just say, um, like, the Jones's friend, or something like that. Um, because if you say of the, you're already, like, saying it belongs to, you don't need that other one. And she's talking about the rage it's filling with her, and then she says this, but fight the mounting panic and turn to Robert Birchfield's third edition of Fowler's Modern English Usage, and what do I find? The double possessive is calmly explained, and I start to peel away the problem. And it's like, okay. So, again, you find that, like, you think there's a problem because you were taught it was a problem. And then you find, oh, wait, here's a different book that's about grammar. And that means it's okay. Someone made a rule about it. Right, that as long as okay. some white dude wrote it down, it's fine. Yeah, and, like, that really is the long and the short of it like again like i said it's not a long book it took me like i read basically like a chapter a night when i finally sat down to it probably took me like a week and it keeps having this possibility of being really interesting but i can't get past the fact that even when she's talking about these interesting twists of language and like how writing has changed i know that she would be against every single one of those changes that happened. It's if like she lived in that time, right? right. Mm. It's like she doesn't. She has like this disconnect between monks suddenly putting spaces in between words, um, so that it would be easier to tell like when one word ended and one word began, but doesn't like say people just not using punctuation when they're texting each other because it's very informal. And it's just, 
it just feels so wrong. It's like she doesn't understand. It's like she thinks that the reason a double possessive is okay is because this dude, Birchfield, wrote a rule about it. Someone official made a decision. Not that people in general, in the English-speaking world, started using it in a slightly different way, and so the meaning shifted, or the rule shifted, and then it became acceptable. Like... Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all, because that's what most... A lot of people who are, you know, call themselves, quote-unquote, sticklers about grammar, or proudly call themselves grammar Nazis, which obviously has whole (laughs) other connotations. Um... Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is that they're trying to be prescriptive, right? Like, that's the whole argument with grammar and the way that language changes is whether or not you think of it as prescriptive or descriptive. Mm -hmm. And that's how she's coming at it from. Like, grammar is this ultimate rule, and once it's written down, you have to follow that, and you're Mm -hmm. prescribing a rule rather than letting the people decide what language is and yeah. how it works best because newsflash we live in a society <laughs> <laughs> and the society changes yeah. And, yeah it's just like it's frustrating because she also like in the section about the internet she complains a bit but then she also like talks about an interesting thing especially with early internet where there wasn't a lot of... She doesn't have to talk about it, but I had to kind of like piece it together to remember what 2003 internet was like. And you don't really have as... Like, the average person does not have access to different types of fonts and all these things. Mm-hmm. You're simply typing on AOL or whatever chat room you're on. And what's there is there. And the rise of using certain symbols to, like, show emotion. So, like, asterisks instead of italicizing or she gave an example of using tildes and all in like for mm-hmm. all like people assign different things to these um, punctuation marks that are very rarely used and that's super interesting right. and she's okay with it but only can... because that's there's not like she doesn't care right. about the prior rule given with it right. only because yeah, it's I mean the only defunct. other either defunct or like the tilde is commonly used in spanish mm-hmm. over the n right to make the ny sound but mm-hmm. i'm sure she doesn't care about that because that's spanish <laughs> not english <laughs> yeah she gives like a little lip service to like upside down exclamation points and question marks um but yeah like not, she's mostly focused on english and that i'm fine with that but yeah it's just it was just that was the main takeaway from this this was had the opportunity to be a very interesting book, but instead was just really frustrating because the author knew she was a stickler, was proud of it, and that made her wholly insufferable. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of knew this was how it was going to go because when you were reading it during that week, you kept leaning over and be like, oh my god, she's at it again. <laughs> but, nah. Yeah, and like I, I mentioned in that quote... She often is, like, thinking of violent things to mm, do to people. Right. And, and it's, like, funny violent. It's not like, I'm going to slit their throat and, like, hide their body in the sewers or whatever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, it's like, <laughs> mm, the things I could do with this ballpoint pen or whatever. And it does feel like a very, like, early 2000s, almost internet-y type of humor. 
not dissimilar to like cracked or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not gonna hold that like super against her. It's it's just yeah. But yeah. it's weird, it's, right? Yeah. Like it's weird. Um yeah. Yeah. I don't have any like questions for you. I mean I have things I have things I could add, but Yeah, sure, go ahead. I mean the only thing I have to add is um my mom really, really loved this book when it first came out. And I remember we had like a couple of copies of it in the house and somehow I never read it. Probably because like, and this is not to be like, I don't know. I'm not really sure how or why because like I took, like I feel like my high school and middle school English teachers were like semi-sticklers. And then I had an entire college class when I was, like, a junior or senior, where the professor was, like, 70 years old, and, and she we she made us take a test at the beginning that was, like, 10 pages long to see how good our grammar usage was. Mm-hmm. The, given the, te- the class was about grammar. Right, yeah. But... Everyone failed the test, myself included, and she was shocked, shocked, <laughs> and essentially she was like, well, I guess we have to start with the basics, and that was the entire semester, and yeah, I don't know, I, she loved this book too, like, I just don't fully understand it, but I feel like from, I remember from a young age being like, this stuff doesn't matter, mm-hmm. like, I mean, like, it matters in so far that, like, you want to be able that you want to make sure that you're understood, however right. you're talking, yeah. right? And to what, to your audience, you want to make sure you're understood. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, like, who cares? Who gives a shit? Like, use whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange. And people always think, I don't know if people expect this of you, but as soon as I tell someone that I'm an English major, and not just Mm. an English major, but that I got my master's in English, people are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to like watch. I've I've gotten so many people make jokes. I'm going to have to watch what the emails that I type or whatever. And I'm like, I promise you, I don't care. And my grammar is probably worse than yours. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But. No, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it comes up often enough for me, but it's just, you can't see me gesturing. But. Yeah. <laughs> the man's the man's exasperated. I'm exhausted. I said it was going to be a short one, and it is. It is. That's really all I have to say. Beautiful. I love it. Shall we yeah. sign off? Yeah, what are we going to be reading next time? So, I actually did read a book, <gasps> believe it or not. I know that I said last time, you know what? Who knows when I'll read another book, but it has been several months and I've read a book. Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Okay. I'm very excited to talk about it. Well, hopefully you can join us and our upstairs neighbors very soon. Uh, you probably hear them walking around. But uh, until then, thank you so much to Veltpunch for the use of their song Fighting Pose uh, from the album His Great, no wait, His Strange Fighting Pose. Uh, and find us on Twitter. We always leave links in the show notes below. And I think that's it. Leave a rating. The Twitter handle is at SundokuPod. That's the name. Don't wear it out. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.